Spirit, God. to do your holy will. Oh, God, let your blessings rain down on your children. Oh, Lord, encourage, uplift, opening doors, making the way and meeting the needs, oh, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on and love him. I bless you, Jesus, and I worship you, my Holy One. I thank you, Lord, for each and everything that you do each and every day. Thank you for every healing. Thank you, Lord, for forgiveness of sin. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for renewal of your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the doors and windows that you open. Oh, God, we bless your name. Oh, God, we bless your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy, holy, holy God. Thank you, Jesus, my Christ, my Savior, my King. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right, you have a Bible tonight. Very thankful. It's been a great week and weekend. Much has been accomplished at the new building. And uh, we got so much done on Saturday that we just felt really good about it. He's a wonderful God, a great God, a kind and loving God. He looks down at his children. He surely does. I'm turning to the book of Psalms, Psalm 24. Tonight. All right, Psalm 24. Beginning with verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof the world, and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas, and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Verse 5, please. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob. Allah, which would mean pause and reflect on that, meditate on that. Don't run, don't run by it too quickly. All right. The Lord bless you. I want to try to minister tonight for a little while on the blessing of the Lord. You may be seated. Blessing of God. Now you know when you when you think of the blessing of the Lord in its most simplified form, I would say that it means that act of goodness and kindness that God bestows upon person or persons, uh, the windows of heaven opening up, making a way where there seems to be no way, uh, bestowing upon a person or persons uh, the kind of act from God that people are taken back and they behold, they see this great blessing 
in somebody's life. They see this great goodness of the Lord in their life. One individual stood up one time, and, and uh, they were came into the church from, of course, the world. And, uh, and what I guess I mean by that, they were not, none of them were raised around this, around this truth. They just came, you know, what did uh, the writer said he, the uh, pit and the horrible pit that he brought us out of, dug us out of. And uh, they had been come, they came from a long way. And God reached down with his uh, arm that is not short, and he plucked them out. He dug them out of that horrible pit. And, uh, you know, sometimes the preacher has to do a lot of digging because people get entrenched and they're, they're just, you know, they're, I, I've seen, I've seen people buried in, in sand up to their neck, you know, and, uh, people do that sometimes kidding around. I've never found anything funny about that. That, that's a bad feeling to me. They, history says that, uh, one of the pirates that his, his, uh, shipmates, uh, his crew that they mutinied against him and they took him down close to the low tide shore and they tied his hands behind his back and they dug a hole and put him right down in it like a post and they covered that all up to his his neck and they watched the tide come in and uh, that's that's just such a that's something you dream about and you hope you wake up from right and uh, so I'm simply saying that, you know, when you think of the blessing of the Lord, you think of something good. You think of something wonderful. You think of something that people look upon it and they say, wow, that's awesome, man. So this individual, um, had been, these individuals, this family, they were actually yours, mine, and ours. You know what I'm saying, right? Yours, mine, ours. That's had quite a few children, and uh, but as a couple, they only, they only had the one together, and uh, they each brought something to the table when they got married, and uh, after they got married, and uh, they came into church, they got baptized in Jesus' name after being witnessed to, and they repented of their sins, and they got baptized in Jesus' name, and God filled them with the Holy Ghost, and I remember the woman standing up one night, and she said, you know, uh, we only have one wage earner in our home, and that's my husband, and uh, she said, I'm home with the kids and keeping the house going and those kind of things, and, and he works, and uh, she said, um, we, we used to just barely scrape by, and uh, she said, on top of that, there's a matter of child support, and that's quite a bit of money every month, and said, but uh, since we've come in the church, she said, I got to thinking about it. And I got to reflecting on it. And she said, I started realizing that I've got more clothes than I ever had. And my children have everything that they have need of. And then some. And she said, and we give our tithe. Say that again. We give our tithe. And we give our offerings. We give our pledges. And we have money left over she said i haven't figured out how that's happening except the blessing of the lord 
That's it. That's the only answer. Because mathematically, the books, it doesn't come out that way. We should be running in the red. We should be in a big hole. But you know what? God brought us out of the hole. God dug us out of the pit. God put us together. And God blessed us. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. First Peter 3 and 9 goes like this. Well, let me actually begin with, with verse 8. Finally, be ye all, that means everybody, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love his brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. Verse 9, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing. So evil for evil, somebody does something bad to you, you don't do something bad back. That's what he's saying. If somebody rails, you know, that's when somebody just starts talking bad and they just keep on and they keep harping, you know. And it said, you don't, they do that to you, don't you do it back. Somebody told me uh, not too long ago that I should do thus and so and thus. So I said, no, I won't stoop to become like them. I'm not going to engage in the kind of tactics that they're engaging in. I said, that's not the Holy Ghost. That's not, that's not the way that God would have me do things. I don't want to do things the way the flesh likes to do it. I don't want to be like that. So not railing for railing, but contrary to what. You know, I could go on the Internet. I could do that. I could, I could say a lot of things. I could tweet. Tweet, tweet. I could tweet. Oh, yeah. Look out, man. I, there's some people that, you know, they tweet like Tweety Bird. You ever see that car going through town that's got Tweety Bird on the side of it? Oh, yeah. I could tweet. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of things we could do, but that doesn't make it right. Not railing for railing, but contrarywise. In other words, just the opposite. He said, blessing, knowing that you are thereunto called. What does he mean thereunto called? Well, he went on to say that ye should inherit a blessing. That's what's in your future, that you should inherit a blessing. Okay? You better get excited right about now because I'm telling you, you're in line. If I said to you that somebody's about to die and you're fixing to get $10 million, oh, brother, we couldn't hold you down. There's not enough seatbelts to hold Marvin down over something like that. <laughs> there will be no buckling up on that. No, sir. And I'm trying to tell you that your Bible is telling you. It's telling you in stone, friend, written with the finger of God, if you please. That he said you are called to inherit a blessing. There's nothing but good out in front of you if you will inherit it. If you will go ahead and do what this word says. No time to bail out now. Bad time to take a right turn or a left turn or to back up like a crawfish. Bad time for you to take a bad spirit and a bad attitude. Bad time for you. It's very bad timing. Very bad timing because there's a blessing. There's a blessing coming toward you. And you'll read Deuteronomy 28. It said these blessings will overtake you. They'll catch up to you, friend. You better watch out running around here. Somebody's going to catch up to you if you don't move fast. Nothing's going to run you down. <laughs> Whew. 
You know, we had that guy around here doing all that fleshly two-stepping. And I told Brother Williams one night, I said, first guy that lays him out and pancakes him running around the church, I said, I'm going to buy him dinner. <laughs> I'm tired of that fake and that phony stuff. So we've been very tolerant with that guy. Well, I'm glad God decided to move him. Very glad. Put a real anchor in his life, and, and it just took him out to, to sea. And he's all drowned in the things of other things. And I'm glad we're in the church. I'm glad our anchor anchors us in the church. I'm glad the Lord takes us to, the, to that refuge, to that haven, to that place of safety. I'm trying to tell you, you can let, look, you know what? Sometimes it's not what you do so much as it's how you do it. Think about that. So, that's kind of like I told Jacob. Old brother Jacob over there, and that ain't Jacob in the Bible. That's Jacob in the church right here. <laughs> I said, I said, well, you, you blabbed off, and you said it wrong. Oh, boy, you all sat down on that one. And it's like, uh-oh, here it's come. I better sit down. All right, put your seatbelt on. No problem. And uh, don't forget the strap. Get it off. And uh, I said, but, but you, you, you repented. You said you were sorry, and you made an apology. And I said, so I commend you for that. You know, we are going to, unfortunately, say it wrong from time to time. We are going to get negatively affected by the wrong. We're going to get caught up in something before we even know it. And, and we're, we speak out of turn or we do something wrong. We step right or left. We're going to do that. We be human, unfortunately. And uh, that's why we've got to, to do a lot of the things we were listening today in Sunday school. We've got to do those things. We've got to apply those things. We've, uh, one writer even said we've got to cleanse ourselves. Oh, Lord, cleanse ourselves. Oh, Lord, cleanse yourself. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Of all filthiness, the book said, of flesh, filthiness of flesh. Well, that's we figure that, right? But it also said in spirit, filthiness of flesh and spirit. Your human spirit, your human will. You want to strike back. You want to give a sharp remark. You want to say something cutting, okay? And we can all uh, say things that we regret. But thank God, when you regret, then you repent. And everybody said amen. All right, you make it right. Come on now. Amen. Amen. And look, when God's word inspired the psalmist, God's Spirit inspired the psalmist to give us his word. And he said, who's going to ascend into the hill of the Lord? And who's going to stand in his holy place? And he said, he that hath clean hands, somebody got to tell themselves, I got to cleanse myself of all filthiness of flesh and spirit. I, I, they say to, to uh, when you get ready to go eat that you should, or even periodically during the day, that you should soap your hands and wash them real good and should do it at least 21 seconds. Can't just go under the bucket. Okay, I'm ready to go. Don't work that way. That's like one of those 21-second prayers. I can do that. I can do that. All done. Don't work. That don't work. That's, that's what Jesus will tell you. You got your reward. You know, it's like the guy that said, I gave a dollar to the offering tonight. Well, you got your reward. That's it, you know. Oh, I fasted 24 hours. Well, you got your reward. That's it. You know, you get the praise of men. You get the looks of men. You get the pat on the back of men. That's your reward. That's it. 
you know. It's, uh, if you ever fast over three days, you better not say a word about it. I asked my pastor one time, I said, what's the longest you ever, pa- ever fasted? He said, who was counting? He said, you're just trying to get God's attention. That's what it's all about. You know, I thought that was a very good answer. Because there are people out there that are, you know, they put it neon lights. You know, I'm fasting X number of days here. And then every time you see them there. Our little Yehada. We love that girl. I just have to keep her humble. But, um, you know, it's not about disfiguring your face to get attention. Now, you know, some people do a lot of things to get attention. How do you say that in French? Attention? Something like that. Kind of like Spanish. Just put an O on the end of it and you got it. I wish it was always that simple. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway. I'm saying to you, he says here, he hath clean hands. So we have to get rid of the dirt. We have, to, we have to spend a little time, a required amount of time. Jesus said, could you not watch with me one hour? We've got to spend a little time in prayer. We've got to talk to the Lord. We've got to slow this thing down and care enough and realize how badly that we need a cleansing, that there is uh, what the Bible talk about in Peter about the to escape the pollutions of this life? Don't you know that there's all kinds of particular matter out there that's in the atmosphere that you don't see that's trying to get down into you and attach itself to your lungs and mess up your respiratory system? Don't you want to spiritualize that with me and know that there are spirits that are there, friend, that they want to interfere with the inspiration and the breath of God. What's the song? Breathe on me. And the enemy wants to keep that inspiration of breath of God coming into you and pumping life into you. The enemy wants to put all kinds of dirt in there. But he that have clean hands. So we've got we've to do what the book says. We've got to come and we've got to confess to God. And he promised. He's faithful to cleanse us. He has clean hands to cleanse us from all that filthiness. He's going to take care of that for us. You, you, you know, my wife, sometimes she'll send me to the grocery store. And some people shop with a list. I shop with a phone. Okay. What aisle? Okay. What's it look like? Okay. Wait a minute. There's 34 of them. They're all saying the same thing. Which one did you want? You know, I'm, I, you know, told me to bring one home the other day to, to take care of the, take care of the, the mold, you know, and uh, and I promise you, I saw so many mold removing things until I was cross-eyed. <laughs> I finally, I just closed my eyes and grabbed one and said, "Okay, you're going on with me, pal." <laughs> oh, brother, oh, brother. Well, thankfully, I it, I must have grabbed right because I didn't get any complaints, and the mold is gone. It wasn't that wonderful. All right. So, I'm saying that. Let's move on here. Let me not get hung up. He that, I, I preached quite long. This, you know, we, we're, getting, we're getting spiritual around here. I mean, this morning, we were here at 1230. Ah, Lord. I know some of you are like, wow, what's going on? My wife said she was down Sunday school last week teaching her class, and she realized it gotten late. She said, are you taking my picture, girl? I hope you break your phone. <laughs> and so the, um, the, uh, she told the class, she said, Boy, listen to the senior pastor. He's getting with it up there. Well, I guess I got with it again today because uh, 
We went later this week than we went last week. Well, that's okay, isn't it? I hope it's okay. Give God a big praise. Amen. Amen. You know, they say time flies when you're having fun. And um, I'm enjoying being in church. I'm enjoying the good word of God and the good spirit of God. I'm enjoying your participation and your rapt attention. So nice. You know, I know it's going good when Brandon's awake back there. I know everything's cool. You know, I can see pupils behind the, the glasses. If I look and I see, and I just see eyelids, I know, uh-oh, I better say something to wake him up. All right. Well, he works a lot of hours. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. A pure heart. Create in me a clean heart, Lord. A pure heart. That's your mind. Okay. So, all the more reason why, you know, I don't know how. I told the guys, I said, when you go up to uh, the church for Saturday night, choir and musicians practice and everything, and praise team practice and all that, uh, I said, be sure to remove your shoes before you go in the sanctuary because if you've got as much drywall on you as I've got on me, you're going to track it all over the place. So um, I'm saying we have to have a cleansing. We have to have a cleansing because, you know, we can leave an awful lot of residue wherever we go instead of leaving what we're supposed to leave. We're supposed to leave something good. We're supposed to leave a savor and a smell and, a, and a, an aroma from us, you know, and a look from us that, that's telling them and telling God we got clean hands here. We got a pure heart. I'm, I'm not going to let uh, the, the different inventions. You know, the Bible said man sought out many inventions. And, you know, the old enemy is only happy to supply them. But everything he invents is designed to put that invention between you and God. That's what it's designed to do, is to make a separation. But Paul said, who shall separate us from the love of God? He named a whole bunch of things, and he said, it ain't going to happen, and it ain't going to work. And it's not going to happen to work if you don't let it, because you have power in the Holy Ghost. You just need to recognize what you've got, and what your inheritance is, and what's in, in front of you. I've, he said, I've set before thee a blessing. Set it right there. Right there. You have clean hands and a pure heart. Who hath not lifted up his soul or his life unto vanity. Vanity is, is something that's worthless. It's of obsolete value. Period. Worthless. It's like having a bucket with a big giant hole in it. You go out there and fill the bucket up. and You get back to where point A was that you came from and there's nothing in the bucket because there's a big hole in the bottom of it. So we, we want to uh, be doing things in a manner that is, is going to accomplish, as it is written, the service of God. We've got a job to do here. We've got a calling here, okay? And we don't want to lift up our life under vanity. We don't want to, to grow up into this world and be worldly-minded. Uh, we are told that we are to get away from that worldly attitude. Get away from all of that worldly junk. Have you ever read about Abraham? How many's read about Abraham? What was what was what was one thing that Abraham was among many things? Starts with F. He was a friend of God. He was a friend of God. Isn't that something? He was a friend of God. That means God came calling and he wanted to be a part of your life, and you said, I'll friend him. He could be my friend. 
Yes, sir, Jesus, you just come right on in. Come right on in. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's cool, right? But what about, what about when the devil comes in and he wants to be a friend? You got the guts to stand up to him and say, uh-uh, pal. Mm-mm. Oh, oh, but I don't want to offend anybody by put unfriend. You poor little wimp, you. You're starring in the book, Wimpy Boy. Or girl, you know. You better get some guts. You better get some backbone. You better get some steel about you because let me tell you something. Sometimes it's not just the person that you let in, but it's all that they bring with them. It's all that they bring with them. Okay? Okay? So you go messing around and you step outside the lines and the boundaries of the church. And you get involved with an unclean spirit. You know. Unclean spirit. And first news you know, that boy brings a little bit more to the relationship. And you find out about it later when the doctor says, I'm sorry, but you tested positive. Oh, he brought something into the relationship, all right because he'd been with about 35 others. And each one of them, talk about geometric progression, each one of them have been with 35. Whew! Oh, yeah. Don't you know way back in the day, there was a man that was extremely talented, smart, wealthy. His name was Howard Hughes. He was a big celebrity. He invented... Drill bits that brought went down and went through the rock to get the oil. And from there, he took his wealth and he got involved with airplanes and all kinds of things. He was, uh, he just got so caught up in the world that he, he got involved with things. And, and then they, pretty soon, he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't touch anything. Wouldn't go near anything. He was afraid to open a door by a doorknob. You know why? Because all of his involvement with all of those women that he led into his life, he contacted syphilis. And that drives you crazy. He lost his mind. He went insane. So his money wasn't doing him any good. His inventions weren't doing him any good. Because he came to the point of death. He contacted, he let something in, he friended something. He let it in. And he didn't have the strength. He didn't have the Holy Ghost. He wasn't baptized in Jesus' name. You and I, we got, we got divine help here. We've got divine help. Poor old Howard, he didn't have divine help. He was just, he was just open to the devil and the inventions of this world. And they wreaked havoc upon him. And they destroyed him. And, and I'm trying to tell you something. You want to wake up. You don't want to allow certain things into your life. And you better look beyond what that initial thing is, all right? Because it's just like if, if you get a certain um, uh, bacterium in your body, you know, 
It's not this friendly little thing that comes along and just going to give you a little stomachache. It's not going to be just relegated to your stomach. It's going to ride your subway system, honey. It's going to get in your bloodstream, and it's going to stop at your liver. It's going to not stop there. It's going to pass through your liver, and it's going to go to your pancreas. And from your pancreas, it's going to go to your, to your kidneys. And it's going to go everywhere, traveling through your body, and everywhere it goes. It's going to destroy because sin is the opposite of the blessing that you're inherited. You're appointed to inherit. Sin is a curse. Sin is a curse. And God is trying to tell you, if you will obey my voice, if you will listen to my commandments, if you will do my commandments, he said, then I'm going to appoint you a blessing. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you. So I'm going to bless the heavens above and the earth beneath. I'm going to bless everywhere you put your soul or your feet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send blessings that are going to outrace you. They're going to overtake you, okay? When I first came in the church, you know, there was a, a sister in the church, and, and she kept talking about all these different things, and I said, you know what? I said, if God wants to do that in my life, I said, uh, he's just going to have to open up the windows and rain it down on me, said, because I really don't care about any of those things. I'm just, she said, well, you're confusing the natural with the spiritual. Well, I was so young in the Lord, I wasn't sure what that meant. I just knew that I was very happy to have the Holy Ghost and that God, you know, we, we, we have a lot of fun now going to, to Goodwill and consignment shops because we feel like sometimes you can get some great bargains. And, and sometimes the stuff is better uh, than what is brand new. But, you know, like furniture nowadays is made out of dust when furniture back then was made out of wood. You can't even get a pencil made right anymore. You put in a pencil sharpener and it destroys it. The pencil sharpener can't even do anything right anymore. They don't even make good ones. Okay? But I'm trying to tell you something that you want to you wanna let the Lord what he's got for you in your life. I know where I come from. Do you know where you came from? I, he dug the church, dug me out of a very deep hole. Amen. He dug me out. He got my feet out of that sinking quicksand. He, and it was just pulling me down, pulling me down. And it didn't want to let go. Old friends didn't want to let go. Family didn't want to let go. And I had to unfriend people before I even knew the term unfriend. Hear me now. Amen. You know what they say, everybody, everything's connected. You better believe it is. And you better know what your connection is. My connection is to the church. My connection is to Jesus Christ. My connection is to truth. And God is my friend. And I am God's friend. And I'm not going to, by the grace of God, allow anything to sever that connection. Let me unfriend this one and that one and the other one and the other one. You know why some people like all that different forms of that, whether it's tweet or Instagram or whatever, Facebook. You know why? Because people can be so bold on it, you know, because they're on and they can just say whatever they want to say. I've, I've seen blogs, you know, and they get on there and they rail against the pastor and they make fun of standards and biblical things. They're just so bold, you know. I've said, boy, I'd sure like to meet that person. I'd sure like to give them a good talking to and a good dressing down, you know. But why bother? Why bother? Because the truth of the matter is we've got a lost and a dying world that's never heard. We've got people that don't, and you've got these other little punky, uh, spoiled people that they've had it all their lives, and now they're turning against it. They say they're emerging. They're emerging, all right. They're coming from behind the mask and all of the, the camouflage, and they're being shown for what their heart really is. Heart is doubting. Their heart is lacking in confidence in God. 
their heart was empty of good things and they're missing the blessing of the Lord. Everybody said praise the Lord. You can be seated. God bless you for standing so long. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto me. Don't lift your life up to the useless, worthless things that are in this world, okay? When you have a chance, you have an opportunity, you have a heavenly opportunity to in, involve yourself with things that matter, with things that are of spiritual uh, reward, eternal value. The things that we're involved with are, are not temporary things. They are eternal things. You hear me? Motorcycles are going to rust. Cars are going to rust. Houses are going to decay. The thief is going to steal money. And brother, they're in the process of doing that right now. And you, and you might wake up one morning not too soon and you're going to find out what you got in the bank account is not there. You hear me? They're already talking about taking all the pensions and all the 401ks and everything else they encouraged everybody to do. They're going to take it. Well, you know what? They ain't getting none of mine because I ain't got none of them. <laughs> everything I got's in the church, honey. Everything I've got's in the church. You hear me? You hear me? Everything I've got is in the church. It's invested in the body of Christ. It's invested in the work of God. I'm not trying to live here. I'm not worried about the mansion here. I'm worried about the mansion coming. I want to fit in with that. You know, like all those people that were, uh, you can be seated, all those people that were, um, you know, they never, have, they never have any money to give to tithe. They never have any money to give offerings. They never have any money to give to the building program. Just little tokens. Throw a little penny, a few pennies here and there, you know. They just don't ever have it. And this guy came to a preacher. And um, the preacher said, it, he, the preacher baptized him. The preacher said he got the Holy Ghost. Next thing you know, this guy starts telling the preacher that he's a, he, was a, um, he had been a stockbroker. He had been a, a financial person and uh, he started talking to the preacher and he said you know he said if you were to give me some money he said I could I could get you 25% on your investment I seen this fell read a thing the other day that they sent in the paper magazine uh, in the in the mail and it said um, she started reading it to me she said it says if you would put uh, $50 a month in the bank at 8% I said what she said, it says here, $50 a month at 8%. And you'll have, hold it. I said, no, no, no. I said, sorry. There ain't no 8%, honey. I said, you'd do good to get 1% nowadays. You hear me? 1%. You'd be doing pretty good. Because most, most of the savings stuff out there is less than 1% that it's paying on, on the money. And the Treasury is bragging about how they're holding it down to keep us out of recession. Holding it down to keeping us all broke is what they're doing. Amen. <laughs> and, uh. I don't know, but what they're going to prove Benjamin Franklin wrong. You said a penny saved is a penny earned. I'm not so sure about that anymore. I'm not sure if a penny can earn a penny anymore. <laughs> I'm not. That, I'm, that's not chapter and verse. That was Benjamin Franklin, and old Ben. He might. He 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 didn't live to see the day, friend. But you and I have. So I'm simply saying that people are uh, investing in all kinds of things and and trying to do things in this life and in this world. And and this this preacher played on that. And he, uh, not preacher, this guy that now he was going to be claiming, he did claim to be a preacher. And he just supposedly got baptized. And 
you know, everybody's called a priest, right? Everybody's a preacher. And so he's, he's telling this guy, if you'll give me money, he said, I'll, I'll earn you 25% on it. Which is pretty much, you know the old saying, if it's too good to be true? It is. It is. It is too good to be true. In other words, it's not true. And so he, he uh, but he got that preacher. And what he did, you know, they're just scammers. They're just scammers. And, and they pretty much know that what they live by P.T. Barnum's chapter and verse. You know, he was the author of Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. And he said there's a sucker born every day. And so he, he just went ahead and proved it because the preacher forked over the money. And the, the con artist, the scammer, he just took that money and, and he, he fixed it to where he paid the guy back 25% on his money. And the guy, wow! So he went and broke every piggy bank he had. He emptied out every bank account he had. And gave the guy the money, and the guy returned it. He returned it with that kind of interest because it was a scam. Because then that preacher told another preacher who told another one who told another one. And pretty soon, to make a, a long, true account short tonight, okay, so I don't break my record here and preach too long. Uh, at the end of the day, when the attorney general busted this guy, for scamming and for Ponzi schemes and everything else. He had collected $70 million from people in the church, churches across the nation, okay? $70 million. And what did he play? He played on their greed. That false god of mammon. That false god of mammon. Greed. That's what he did. They didn't have any money for, for tithing. They didn't, they didn't have any money for, for offering or to build a pledge to build a building. Oh, no, no. They're like, well, you know, it's been a tough month, you know. But when that guy came along and said, I'll get you 25%. Oh, friend, the word was getting around. Boy, he told me that, and he did it. Of course he did it. It's an upside-down pyramid. And they start at the top and they keep the money. But after a while come down to that little skinny point, and there ain't no money coming nowhere. I've had a, I was coming on the back road, 880, the road my wife hates, and I was coming back on that road, and you know how that road is. I'm humping and pumping everywhere, man. <laughs> and I look like a bobblehead. And, uh, and I'm coming on that road, and I'm on a phone with a preacher all the way up in Pennsylvania, and I told him, I said, get your money. You told me that he told you that it was liquid. Get your money. And I said, if I'm wrong, you can give it back to him. I said, but just see if you can get it. It's so liquid. Let's see you get it back. Because, you see, he'd put in years, years of fundraisers, years of setting up good, solid accounts and his, for his youth and for this and for that and for the other. He took all that money. He said, now we don't have to do any fundraisers anymore. We don't have to do this anymore. We're supporting our evangelists now from this. We're just making it on the interest. I said, get your money back. I said, get your money back. Just do a little test. And just see, get your money back. He says it's liquid. He says that you can have it anytime you want. Get it back. They even even touched his wife's, I don't know, cousin, uncle, somebody, older man, like 80 years old, for over $80,000 that he cleaned out a savings account and gave it to them to invest in. And right after I got done talking to him, the attorney general busted this guy, and they lost everything. Everything. And you know what he said to me? He said, well, you know, you can't cry over it and keep crying over it and keep crying. He said, we just have to start over. 
I'm like, well, at least it didn't lose the Holy Ghost over. <laughs> I'm glad for that. I'm glad for that. But, uh, you know, there's a, there's, there's a, don't lift up your soul to vanity. Don't lift your life up to the pipe dreams and the scams of this world. You know, don't do that. You, you've got the, the promise of a blessing here from God. And, and, you know, God can take anything and he can bless it. You want God's blessing. That's the key thing here. You want, you're called to inherit a blessing from God. That's the only thing that is foolproof. That is the only thing that's going to work. You go ahead and set your mind and I'm going to do it this way, I'm going to do it. And you're going to find out that the rug is going to get pulled out from under you. You're going to find out that the get-rich-quick schemes of this world are nothing but hot air and nothing but air castles with no foundation. You better get yourself into the Word of God. Get into the church. Get your mind focused on what really matters and what really... Don't lift up your life, your soul, unto vanity. Don't do that. Don't do that. Some people don't survive that. When the rug gets pulled out from under them, they don't survive it. They backslide. They backslide. Matter of fact, I just had a, uh, a preacher tell me of a man in the church out on the West Coast and said that uh, the man listened to a family member and gave him all his money. And this man is in his 70s now, and he, he gave him all his money. And the guy turned right around and said he lost it all, just lost it. That was it. He was gone. And now he's a very depressed man. He don't hardly go to church anymore. You know? You're gambling with your soul here. Don't take your soul. Don't take your life and, and lift it up to vanity. Don't give it to things that are worthless and meaningless. Okay? Pride gets in there. You know, the pride of riches and the pride of this life. Okay? You don't want to do that. So don't lift up your soul to vanity. Nor... Do not swear deceitfully. Don't get involved with deceit. You know what the, the bedmate of deceit is? Murder in your Bible. Do not get involved with deceit. You know what they're, getting, they're doing in this world now more and more? They're hiring expert liars. That's what they're doing. They call it spin or whatever they want, but they lie. They're very artful. They're very crafty at lying. But I've read in my Bible where the lying tongues are going to be stopped. God's going to take care of that, my friend. And you want to trust in God. You want to believe in God. Let's move on. Here's what the verse we like. He shall receive the person. This is saying the person now that we want to know who's going to go into the hill of God and who's going to ascend into his holy place. And he said he'd have clean hands. He'd have the pure heart who had not lifted up his soul into vanity and who was not sworn deceitfully. He said he or she is going to receive the blessing from the Lord. That's positive. That's positive. That's going to happen. That is going to take place. Amen. And you're also going to receive the righteousness of God. You can remain standing. The righteousness of God. Let me conclude in one thing real quick. And let me take you to Hebrews 12, 17. Hebrews 12, 17. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. 12, 17. Everybody remember Jacob and Esau? 
Remember Jacob and Esau? What was the main difference between Jacob and Esau? Was it because, because Esau was hairy and Jacob was smooth? No, it wasn't that. That was the thing, difference between them, but that wasn't, that's not the main thing. The main thing was is that Jacob valued the spiritual things where Esau disdained them. Esau thought, wow, that, that, none of that stuff matters. Let's go hunting. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with hunting, okay? But I can tell you, I, I had one guy tell me he wanted to go, he, he, I guess he's bagged everything already, so he wants to go to, where was that place? Somewhere down there by New Greenland. Somewhere down there. And he wants to get him a, a red stag deer. Yeah, whatever. I want to get a purple polka dotted one. I don't care nothing about it. <laughs> go to the store and buy one. Hang it on the wall if you want. Save your money. Ah, word. But what I'm trying to say to you is that you can get so caught up and this was Esau was, was a man of the field. And, you know, one of the things you read about that man of the field was you read about Cain. And he brought his, he brought his little harvest from the ground of the field that was cursed. And God said, not accepting that, not accepting that. That's not the proper formula. That's not the way to do things. We've got to learn how God does things. And we, and we want to become a student of how God does things. We want to do things God's way. Okay? And everybody said amen. Yeah. Okay. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. And so Esau, Esau, friend, old Esau sold his birthright. You know, people say that Jacob, he, oh, boy, that Jacob, he was a planter. Just like his name, he, that Jacob, yeah, he, he swiveled in there and he did a swindle. He didn't do no swindle. He paid for that birthright. It was a business transaction. How do you think Bill Gates got to be? what he is today because Bill Gates saw something and saw the value of it that the guy that actually invented it and possessed it didn't see the value of it. And he said, you want that? Okay, here, give me five bucks, you can have it. And so Mr. Gates took it, paid for it, and he walked off. And then he became Microsoft. <laughs> he became Microsoft because he saw the value. Do you see the value? of the blessing that is there for you to inherit, that God is saying you're guaranteed. It's like repenting and getting baptized in Jesus' name. It's there, friend. It's a promise for you to get the Holy Ghost. You just have to put your heart right there in, in God, and he's going to give you the Holy Ghost. All right? He'll judge that you're believing in your heart, and he will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I'm saying to you, you it's the same thing. God is saying you are all set up. Everything is, is in order and in steps. Didn't it say the steps of, the, uh, of, of a righteous man, an upright person, are ordered by the Lord? Don't you realize that if you're in the church and you're doing right and you're listening and you're being able to be pastored, uh, the shepherd is able to keep you in the flock? And if it means every once in a while he's got to break your leg, let him break your leg. At least he keep you from wandering off to where the wolf will get you. Say, oh, that hurt, man. You really hurt me, hurt me Pastor. You really hurt me. I ain't going to hurt as much as them nasty canine teeth that are going to sink into you from that wolf. And usually, you know, it's wolves because they usually travel in packs. And they're called ravenous wolves, and that means they tear up. Don't you know the enemy wants to tear up your home? Don't you know he wants to tear up every good thing when God brought you from nowhere and you didn't have two nickels to rub together? 
you had to go to the Goodwill, not for fun, but because you had to go shop there. Because you could buy things for a dime and a quarter. And that was about the limit of your budget. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So watch out, you know, because if you're not careful, you get that blessing of the Lord and it's going to come. You better be in a spiritual condition to where you can live with the blessing of the Lord. Where you can handle it. Okay? Where you can handle it. You know, they go to the fair, and I loathe the fair. I admit it. Don't care nothing about it. And somehow, every once in a while, they twist my arm every which way and get me to go over there. And so, this last time I, I went over there, but it was worth it because I got to see Patrick get thrown by the bull. I got to see, he, he has the, the world's record for a Haitian to be thrown off a bull at 300 pounds. He weighed more than the bull did. I think that's why he got thrown off. I think that thing was mooing so loud he couldn't stand it. And Pastor Urshan got thrown off. And um, I couldn't, I couldn't, I said, I will pay. Go ahead. I'll, you know, if you, if you did it and kept so many seconds, they give you $200. I'm thinking fundraiser. So I said, I'll pay the $10. You stay on that thing for whatever it was. I don't know, 10 seconds? What would you make, three seconds? Maybe five. Made five. Well, okay, made five. I think that guy was being generous. But anyway, you know, I, I saw him get on. Next thing I knew, he was off. That's all I know. <laughs> I, there wasn't a whole lot of riding going on around there. <laughs> but I'm not going to say too much because I wasn't about to get up there. Oh, brother, not now. Maybe back in the day, but not now. But I, I am saying to you that... Uh, Esau, Esau wouldn't have anything to do with the blessing of the Lord. He disdained it. He looked down on it. He made fun of it. He just said, there ain't no value to that. Who cares? Let me go, go get some more deer and venison and let me get this. and let me. That's where my mind is at. That's where my thinking is at. And, uh, but you know what? It's kind of like people leaving the church. And they don't, they don't care nothing. They don't care. They, they don't care what God did for them. They don't care what the preacher did for them. They don't care what the brothers and sisters did for them. They, don't, they, don't, they just don't care. And they just go away from it. And, they, and they, they keep going further and further and further. And, you know, people don't backslide overnight. You know that. Okay. And it's, it's a process here. And uh, when, when, uh, when Esau sold his birthright, he gave it away for a bowl of beans. Okay. For nothing. I mean, it was worse than taking an Ann Tyler original painting and selling it for 10 cents, okay? Because you just don't know what you got is worth every bit of 20 cents. No, I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's worth a whole lot more than that, okay? It's worth a whole lot more than that. It's like going to that Goodwill, you know, and coming home and, and you got that picture in that frame and... And you drop it and it breaks and you look behind the frame and behind the painting and there's another painting and it turns out to be a, a Monet. And somebody evaluates that for you, appraises that and tells you you've got something worth $700,000. You know, you had something that you didn't even know you had. I'm trying to tell you about the blessing of the Lord. You better know what you got here and you better know what's in front of you. All the good blessing that God, all the goodness of the Lord. Okay? Sometimes that's why there's struggle. Sometimes that's why there's difficulty. The enemy is just trying to keep you from getting to the blessing, from realizing the blessing in the inheritance that God has for you. 
It is worth fighting the good fight of faith for. Old Esau, just like people that leave the church. They don't want nothing to do with the church. And then they start talking bad about the church, start running everything else down, you know. But you know what happened? Here's what happened. And it said, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. The Bible got it right. It showed you he sold his birthright. It was a, it was a, a very uh, conscious thing that he did. And verse 17 said, for you know how that afterward, everybody said afterward. That translates to later. 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 See, he woke up one morning, he thought it was the alarm clock, and he was trying to turn it off, and it wouldn't turn off because he kept going ding da ding 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 da ding 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 Because he woke up afterward, and he said, oh, what have I done? What have I done? What have I done? And he said, for ye know, you know. How that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. He was rejected. For he found no place of repentance. That's because he left his place, just like Lucifer did. And all the fallen angels, they left their place. They left their first estate. God said, this is yours. This is yours. You know what the problem is? If we don't pray, and if we don't get involved with this word, and we don't get involved with the church, we don't grow. And if we don't grow, then I told you, uh, what was it last week, about oh, Michael be a, a year old or 10 years old and be sitting back there in the middle of the, of the, the aisle here on his bootay, that's French for your sitter-downer, and he's sitting there, and, and he's still got a pacifier, and he's still got pampers on because he's refused to grow. And that's what can happen because in refusing to grow, then you don't know the value of what God is putting in your life. And when you would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he, Esau, what did he do? He sought it carefully. Oh, he got diligent then. He got diligent. Then, then, then it wasn't a 21-second prayer. Now let me down and say, Ah, it wasn't going to be that, no. No, 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 no. He sought it carefully with tears. Big, burly, hairy, rough Esau. The bow in his hand. Arrows in his quiver. You know, they even got certain kind of arrows, you know. Some guy was telling me about, I don't know, shooting in the breadbasket. I don't know what all the terminologies were. I have no clue. He talked to me about breadbasket. I'm, I'm thinking the word of God. I'm not thinking about arrows and bows, but whatever, whatever. And, um, but he, he sought it carefully with tears. Afterward, people leave, and life falls apart. Things go wrong because there's an absence. They've walked away from the blessing of the Lord, okay? And people think that the blessing, they've got deceived to think it was the materialistic thing. And that's not the blessing, folks. I'm glad for when God gives you more clothes than you need. I'm glad when God gives you a dependable vehicle because I'm tired of having to go pick you up every time you break down. Hello, kidding. Uh, and I don't know how many uh, young people we've helped with that. And I'll never forget that, that, that business, um, uh, whatever they call it, the person that does the business at the dealership, uh, finance director. 
And the finance director looked at one of our young ladies and said, I hope you know what senior pastor's just done for you. He said, if you'll do this contract, he said, you'll be golden. He said, you'll be able to buy a house. And so they paid every payment, and their credit went from, they were called a ghost. That's what the finance director said, you're a ghost. That's why you need senior pastor to sign for you. You're a ghost. You have no credit. We have no history of you at all. As far as we're concerned in the financial field, you don't exist. And said, well, in finishing that, that contract out faithfully, then it put that individual on the map, on the credit map. And now that individual will get a house. And guess what? That individual got a house. Got a house. Yeah. And the last word I heard is that person had money in the bank and that their, all their bills were paid and that all their business in those terms was running right. I'm trying to tell you, God has got a blessing for you, a blessing for the faithful, a blessing for them that remember the hole that God dug them out of. <laughs> you know, when you your old ignorant self, meaning you were lacking in knowledge, you didn't have to do nothing, okay? And God has blessed you, and God has encouraged you, and God has schooled you and brought you along. And he's doing all of that to make you a productive member of the body of Christ. So that you can help somebody else and that we can all go to heaven. Isn't there a song to that? When we all go to heaven. I know, I know. Don't sing. I know. I'm telling you, I told Brother uh, Barney, I said, when's your birthday? I want to come sing at it. He's, he went, you missed it. I just had it. You're going to have to wait another year. Okay. I think maybe we ought to pass a law here that I should sing at everybody's birthday. You know, I should show up and sing at your birthday. <laughs> All right, everybody said praise the Lord. See, my, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to trick everybody. I'll bring Sister Williams and the piano along, and I'll just kind of sing along with her. Now, I'll be smart enough, you know, I won't get in the mic, and I'll sing her, you know. I'll try to sing real low. I'll start doing the lip sync. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Everybody said praise the Lord. Give God a big hand. Come on. Amen. You know, if Esau would have sought it carefully with tears in the beginning, then he would have appreciated his birthright that was his. It was his birthright. And he sold it, gave it away. Lucifer, Satan, he had something given to him, and he forsook his place. He left it. And he got a third of the heavenly host to do the same thing. Amen. You hear me now? You want to be faithful to God. You want to be in the church. And you want to remember that if you'll keep your hands clean, keep your spirit clean, and don't get involved with the vanities of this world, and don't get involved with deceit and deception, sneakiness, and I'm telling you all of this internet and these phones and everything, it carries a spirit of sneakiness along with it. Okay? I can delete. They won't know who I'm talking to. They won't know who I'm involved with. Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. Instead of being an Israelite or a saint of God indeed in whom is no guile, you'll be filled with deceit and sneakiness when you're supposed to lay that all aside because you have tasted the good things of God. You've tasted how good God is. You've got a taste of the blessing of God. Everybody said amen. Give God a big hand. Come on. All righty then. I want the blessing of the Lord. I love the blessing of the Lord. And everybody said amen. All right. Prayer meeting tomorrow night right here. At